Welcome to the weekly Comic Web Old Time Radio Program podcast. We sell old time radio programs, Golden Age comics in PDF format, and we have other free podcasts. Visit comicweb.com for more information or find us on Facebook and iTunes. This week we're featuring an episode of Heartbeat Theater. It's called The Kettle, and it's about the origin of the Salvation Army's Red Kettle. It first aired on December 20th, 1959. Welcome everyone to Heartbeat Theater. This is your host, C.P. McGregor, inviting you to be the guest of the Salvation Army for the next half hour. Our star this week is Monty Margetts. Every year during the Christmas season, the Salvation Army brings its boiling pots to practically every downtown street corner in America. Have you ever wondered where these kettles originated? Whether there's a story behind them? Well, there is. Told in our story this week, The Kettle. Written for Heartbeat Theater by Milton Kahn. Starring Monty Margetts as Major Catherine Parker, here is Act One of The Kettle. It's a snappy winter afternoon. Crowds of Christmas shoppers fill the sidewalks as their cars fill the streets. An island in this sea of people in traffic, a Salvation Army lassie stands beside her kettle, ringing her bell in expectation of some Christmas charity. Oh, bless you for your generous contribution, sir, and a Merry Christmas. Well, I always figure there's someone who needs it more than I do. Oh, there is indeed. Especially this time of the year. Well, it'll help bring true Christmas cheer to someone who will appreciate it, I can assure you. I hope so. Mind uh, if I wait here? Oh, no, not at all. <laughs> Wife's doing some last-minute shopping for the youngsters, and I'm supposed to meet her here at 8.30. Yeah. Hmm. I still have a half hour to wait. Well, nothing to do but relax and hope she'll be on time. <laughs> I'm sure she will. Oh, God bless you and a Merry Christmas. There's, uh... Quite a nip in the air tonight. Yes, there is. Uh, you know, I've always wondered about something. Like, uh, ever since I saw my first Christmas kettle when I was a kid... Oh, Merry Christmas, Sam. God bless you. Oh, I'm sorry. What was that? I, I said, like, uh, when I was a kid, uh, I've always thought about... Uh, why, why you people uh, uh, use a kettle like this for your collection? I mean, is there any particular reason, like... Does it have any special significance? Oh, yes, indeed. Uh, really? And it's quite an interesting story. Well, uh, <laughs> looks of it, I have at least a half hour to wait for my wife. There's nothing I like better on Christmas Eve than to hear an interesting Yuletide story. Uh, where does this one take place? In San Francisco in um, 1894. Oh, that long ago? But we'll probably never know all the details because all the records of our Salvation Army activities in San Francisco before 1906 were destroyed in the fire that year. But this much we do know. You see, the government had lowered the gold standard and flooded the country with silver. Of course, the result was panic and a depression spread from New England to California. On the West Coast, shipping was almost at a standstill and jobs were hard to get. In San Francisco, as that Christmas of 1894 drew near, it promised to be anything but a happy holiday to many of the people. People like Joseph Willis and his family. 
Two days before Christmas, a heavy fog enveloped the city, and the continual moan of the foghorn only added to the depression and irritability of the San Franciscans, particularly Joseph Willis. Oh, is that you, Joe? Yeah, it's me. Did you find any work? There's nothing. Nothing at all. It'd be different if I didn't want to work. If I was unskilled. Oh, something will turn up soon. Yeah. I could load a freighter with the best of them. I still can. Those politicians in Washington, as well, had just left the money alone, I'd still be working. Oh, you'll be working again soon. Yeah. Yeah, when the devil starts ice skating. Oh, please, Joe, the children. Well, let them hear. Let them find out that their father is a failure. Did you find out when Frankie's ship is supposed to come in? No. Well, you better find out. It should be coming back any day now. Oh, I just can't get over Frankie being one of the crew on a freight boat on his very first job. Wouldn't it be wonderful if he got home in time for Christmas, Joe? Yeah. Yeah, it sure would. Funny, isn't it? I can get Frankie a job, but I can't find one for myself. Well, he's a lot younger than you, Joe. All right, so he's a lot younger. So what's a fellow my age supposed to do? Sit back and let his 18-year-old son support him and the rest of the family? No. Well, I hope Frankie doesn't make it for Christmas. Oh, Joe! I mean it. What kind of a Christmas is it going to be for him? His father out of work? Hardly any food in the house? Our money almost gone? But as long as we'll all be together, we'll manage somehow. Oh, Aggie, Aggie, don't start looking for miracles. There ain't none in this day and age. Oh, Joe. Oh, for Pete's sake, Aggie, don't start blubbering with you. That's all I need. You crying and that blasted foghorn going all day long. Oh, now, where are you going? I'm going to get out of here. You're not going back to the saloon. Oh, what if I am? No, please. Well, it's better than sitting around feeling sorry for myself and, and listening to all your wailing. Stay home, Joe. I, I won't try anymore, I promise. Oh, I'll see you later. Oh, Joe, please don't go. Aggie, I just gotta get out of here. I just gotta get out of here. Prayer meeting over already, John? Well, those who came are less than a handful. And no one came forward. They will come, John. Yes, they will come, but... If only they would come now when they're so badly in need of our help. I was watching the men standing around on the docks, and many have lost their spirit, Catherine. They're in danger of losing all hope, too. I know. Oh, they'll come into our Salvation Army feeding station on the docks for a sandwich and a bowl of soup, but that's all the help they'll accept from us. Times I wonder that they accept that much. I know. We must be patient, John. We're still new to them. They have to learn to know us. New? Catherine, the Salvation Army's been doing its work here in San Francisco for 11 years now. For ye have need of patience, that after ye have done the will of God, ye might might receive receive the the promise. promise. It's difficult not to forget those words when your heart cries out to help those who will not come to you for help. Yes, come in. Um, excuse me, but please come in. uh, Thank you very much. Uh, Would you like to sit down? Oh, yes, thank you. Oh, you're shivering. Would you like something hot? Oh, no, no, please. I, uh, I can only stay a moment. Is there uh, anything we can do for you? 
Well, I... I don't know. Uh, they... They told me... I mean, they said that... That you Salvation Army people... Help people when they're in trouble. Well, we do. We do all we can. Are you in some sort of trouble? Oh, no. There, now, my dear, don't you cry. Just tell us what's troubling you. I'm so sorry. I I didn't mean to carry on like this, but I, I just don't know what to do. Well, if you tell us what's wrong, we'll try to help you. Well, it it's my husband, Joe. Joe? Joe Willis. He's a dock worker. At least he was until six months ago. Oh. But he hasn't been able to find work since then. We had a, a little money saved up, but... Mm, yes, go on. Well, it... It's the saloon. Oh, no. Oh, Joe's been trying to get work. He really has. But there's no work anywhere, and, and he gets so discouraged. So he tries to forget his troubles and drink, huh? Now, Joe's a good man. He's a good husband and, and father when times are good. But now with things the way they are, he, he spends all his time in the saloon. I begged him not to go anymore. I, I told him that we don't have much money left, but he won't listen to me. And now we, we don't even have enough to, to get the children Christmas gifts. Well, perhaps if we spoke to him... Oh, I, I don't know. I, I don't think he would listen. I, I, I don't know what you can do for us, but I had to talk to someone. We can't go on this way any longer. I, I just don't know what's going to happen to us. Now, no, don't get yourself all upset. We'll find some way to help you, if you have faith and trust in the Lord. Oh, I do. Well, then he will give you the answer. And don't worry about gifts for the children. We'll take care of that. How many children do you have? Three. Kitty's two, and, and Mike is four. Frankie's our oldest. He's 18. Frankie got his first job on the crew of a freighter. He's out to sea now. I see. He should be coming home soon. Perhaps he'll be here before Christmas. Though it, it won't be a very happy Christmas for him or, or for the other children either. Well, now, Mrs. Willis, you just come over here. Yes? Each Christmas we collect a few toys for those children who aren't fortunate enough to receive any. And, um... Oh, now, where is it? Ah! Here it is. <laughs> Do you suppose your little daughter would like this doll for Christmas? Oh, it's lovely. One of the ladies who lives close by was kind enough to make the dress for her and crochet the booties. Oh. <laughs> I think she's just the thing to light up a little girl's eyes on Christmas morning. And for your son, I think this rocking horse would be just fine. He has a brand new tail and a fresh coat of paint. Oh, oh, I couldn't Yes, tell. and we mustn't forget the young seaman either. I'm afraid he's a little too old for toys. <laughs> but we have a gift for him all the same. If he's going to be sailing the seas in all kinds of weather, he's going to need a warm coat. So, well, do you think this jacket will fit him? Oh, I, I don't know what to say. Oh, you're both so kind. We're only doing God's work, my dear. And when better than at Christmas time? Ah, so you are here. Joe! And they said they saw you heading this way, but I wouldn't believe them. Joe, please, I, I just came to ask... You better sit down, Mr. Wolf. Oh, yeah? And who are you to be telling me what to do? I'm Major Parker. So long as you're here, you'll do as I say. Well, I ain't saying. I just came to get this wife of mine to go... Mr. Willis... Sneaking down here when my back's turned. What are you doing in a place like this in the hour? I, I 
Just wanted to talk to somebody. Well, you can talk to me. I'm your husband, ain't I? Mrs. Willis came here to ask our help. Well, we don't need your help. When a man spends his money on drinking. Oh. Oh, so she told you that, did she? And what else did you tell her, Maggie? Oh, now, please, let's go home, Joe. You bet we'll go home. Just a moment, Mr. Willis. What's on your mind, mister? I would like to talk to you. Well, I ain't so sure I want to talk to you. Then I suggest you just listen. Your wife has done nothing wrong by coming here. That's for me to say. She only came to ask our help. Well, I told you we don't need your help. We ain't beggars yet. Mr. Willis. Maybe I haven't been able to find work, and maybe we ain't eating like we should. But that's no reason why we got to take a hand out from a, from a bunch of psalm singles. Joe! Oh, I'm so sorry. Oh. Joe didn't mean that. It, it, it's only when he's been drinking. Right, my dear, we understand. Mr. Willis, you evidently feel there's something to be ashamed of to ask for help when you're in need. But I'd like to tell you something our leader, General William Booth, said at our Grand Jubilee in New York just two months ago. General Booth said, It is not wickedness to be reduced to rags. It is not a sin to starve, to pawn a few sticks of furniture to buy food and pay the rent. It is a misfortune that comes to people, honest and good people, in hard times when work is hard to get. He also reminded the gathering there is such people that we have devoted our lives to help. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ain't that real noble of you? Well, you can just save your help for somebody else. We don't want any. Come on, Aggie. We're going home. Oh, all right, Joe. Thank you for letting me talk to you, Major Parker and Major Oh, Parker. come back any time, my dear. Thank you. Goodbye. Oh, uh, Mrs. Willis. Yes? You forgot the gifts for your children. What gifts? Well, we just gave Mrs. Willis this doll and rocking horse for your children on Christmas. And this jacket for your son, Frankie. Oh, it is, is it? Well, I don't want the jacket. Or the rocking horse. Oh, no. Or the doll. Oh, no. Now leave us alone, will you? Leave us alone! But does that give you any right to break up the toys? Kitty would have loved that doll, and Mike would have loved the rocking horse. All right, all right. So they would have liked him. But I ain't taking charity from nobody. Not even no Now, to... don't you say that again, Joseph P. Willis. What a terrible thing to say. Especially to people who are so good and kind and want to see us have a little happiness on Christmas... Don't you think I can take care of my own family? Can you, Joe? Of course I can. How? By spending half your waking hours in the saloon? Is that how you're going to take care of us? Oh, oh so you're back on that again. Next time you'll be calling me a drunkard. No, no, Joe, I wouldn't... Why don't you go back to those friends of yours and ask them to pray for my soul? They said they wanted to help you. All right, let them. Now, Joe, listen to me, will you please? You don't have to knock the door down. It's open. Mr. Willis, I... Oh, what are you doing here? I have something I, to tell you. Well, I don't want to hear it. I've heard enough from you already. Well, I think you better hear this. I told you I don't want to hear it. But you don't understand. I understand, all right. Looks as if we don't want your help. You just shove it down our throats. Well, you can just forget about me, see? When I want your help, I'll ask for it. But that'll be a long time. Oh, Joe, please don't go out. Mr. Willis, please wait. I'll be back later. Oh, I'm so sorry, Major. He, he uh, just I, isn't I, so... He shouldn't have left. I have some news for him. Yes, what is it? A, a freighter was wrecked just outside San Francisco Bay. Oh! 
A freighter? They're bringing in the crew now. That... that freighter... is it... what... Yes, Mrs. Willis. <gasps> Your son Frankie was on it. That was Act One of The Kettle, starring Monty Margetts as Major Catherine. Let's regard the Christmas kettle of the Salvation Army for just a moment, not as to where it came from, but what it's for. There are thousands of people every year who, because of lack of funds or work or frequently both, because of illness or having to recuperate from illness, because of lack of family or friends, can have no Christmas or a meager one at best. The donations you leave in the Salvation Army's kettles go towards providing dolls and toys for children, food, clothing, and little presents and remembrances for needy older people. The Salvation Army makes a tremendous effort to see that as many of these people as possible are helped. The extent of their help is based primarily on your generosity. So please, when you pass the kettles of the Salvation Army, be unstinting in that generosity. Make another's Christmas as merry as yours will be. Now, Act Two of The Kettle, starring Monty Margetts as Major Catherine. Oh, where is he? Where's my boy, Frankie? Is he all right? He's all right, Mrs. Willis. He's in there. Oh, thank God. Thank God I must go to him. Her boy was fortunate, John. I know. And some of the others weren't so fortunate. It'll take a good deal of soup to take the chill out of those who have survived. Do we have enough? Enough to care for the survivors they've already brought here. But if there are more... Oh, let us pray that there are. I'll join you in that prayer, John. But let us also pray that what food we have will feed them. Did Mr. Willis return with you? No, I'm very much afraid, Catherine, we shall not be able to help Mr. Willis until he comes to us, and that will not be too soon. I don't understand. When you told him about his son... I didn't. But you went to... Well, before I could talk to him, he rushed out of the house, bound for where I can only guess, and I hope I'm wrong. Hmm. Are the, the men from the freighter comfortable? comfortable as we could make them with what little we have. Oh, Frankie's all right. He's still shivering from being in that cold water so long, but he's going to be all right. Of course he is. As soon as he gets some of this good hot soup, he'll feel much better, Mrs. Willis. Oh, what can I do? Anything. Mrs. Willis, some of the men are still unable to feed themselves, if you would. Of course. And I can take care of Frankie at the same time. Now, you just get me an apron, ma'am, and start ladling out that soup. We'll have all these seafaring gentlemen up and about in no time at all. Catherine? What is it, John? They're bringing more in. More? You mean that... After the fog lifted, they found more men lying unconscious among the rocks. We better get that soup kettle going again. But... But, John, we can't. Why not? We're all out of ingredients. There's nothing to make soup with. Yes, and the kettle is almost empty, too. Well, 
Then we'll just have to get some more, that's all. But I don't know how. Oh, I wish there was something I could do, Major. No, thank you, Mrs. Willis. You've done more than your share already. But what are you going to do? (laughs) I don't know, but there must be a way. There is, John. Remember the words, Have faith and ye shall find? Yes, Catherine. He will show us the way to fill the kettle again. He has given us his help before, and he will... Wait. Hmm? What is it? The answer's come to me. Yes, it might very well be the way. What? Agnes, bring that soup kettle over here. Oh, yes, Major Catherine. Ah, here it is. Thank you. And now we'll just get it scrubbed good and clean. Uh, Catherine, my love. Would you mind telling me what it is that's going on in that sweet head of yours? It was you who gave me the idea, John. I? When you said that he would show us the way to fill the kettle again. And uh, what way would that be? It's getting light outside. Soon the workmen will be leaving home for work. They're the ones who will fill the kettle for us. Oh, uh... I'll go out with this soup kettle and stand on the corner near the shops. And when the men come by, I will ask them to drop what money they can spare into the kettle so that we can make more soup. Catherine. What man would refuse to help his needy brother at Christmas time? You stay here and give the Major a hand, Agnes. I'll be back soon. Please, gentlemen... Help feed those who survived the disaster. Keep the pot boiling. Every penny will help. Won't you give a little something? Thank you, sir. God bless you. And a very Merry Christmas to you. Your pennies, please. The survivors of the freighter need soup. Help keep the pot boiling. Help make theirs a Merry Christmas, too. Add your donation to the pot. Will you not share what you have with those less fortunate? What have you done with them? What? Mr. Willis, where have you... I just heard about the wreck, and when I went home to ask my wife about my son, she wasn't there. And they told me the Salvation Army took care of the survivors. Now, where are they? Your son's all right, Mr. Willis. And your wife's been taking care of him and the other men all night. Major Parker went to your house last night to tell you that Frankie was all right. But you rushed out before he could say anything. Mrs. Willis has been terribly worried about you. I'll bet she has. She expected you to come, and, and all night she kept hoping you'd arrive. Well, she was wrong. But don't Even you... if I knew where she was, I wouldn't have come. I told you yesterday I didn't want your help. But you figured maybe you could get Aggie to see things your way by helping Frankie, right? Is that how you figured it out, Mr. Willis? That's how I figured it out. Well, you were partly right. We did help Frankie. And the other men who were on that ship. And so did many other people in San Francisco. What? Take a look in the kettle, Mr. Willis. Wow. Where did you get all that money? And where did it come from? From people who wanted to help your son. They didn't expect anything in return. It was just an act of Christian charity. You told us yesterday that you wouldn't accept charity from us. But I'm afraid your definition of charity is is different from ours and from the people who unselfishly put this money in the kettle. 
Well, now, if you'll excuse me, Mr. Willis, I must get to the store and buy supplies so that we can furnish your son and the others with nourishment. Well, needs a bit more salt. That's better. Don't you think, Agnes? Oh, yes, I do. Um, Major Catherine. Yes? What makes Joe act this way? I think only he can answer that question. But I don't understand. Even if he doesn't want you to help him, you'd think he'd come here to see how frank he is, his own son. I'm sure he wants to, Agnes, but... Well, now it's a matter of pride with him. You said yourself he's a stubborn man. Oh, yes. And someday he's going to realize what a bitter and selfish man his stubbornness is making him. Say, do you realize that there's some men in there who are growing hungrier by the minute while you two are in here chattering like a couple of magpies? I'm sorry, John. I trust they'll forgive us. Uh, Would you hold the bowl? Yes, certainly, dear. And Agnes, will you see that everyone's fed? Yes, Major Catherine. Since they brought us more men, I'm very much afraid this soup won't last long. Then I shall go out and fill the empty kettle as I did before. Uh, Catherine, let me... No, uh... John, you're needed here. I can manage quite well. If you could have seen how unhesitatingly they reached into their pockets, John, well, it would have wiped away any doubts and discouragements you might have had about our work and its success. If only all men could learn the true meaning of Christian charity. Well, is it uh, is it too late for me to learn? Oh, Willis! Mr. Willis, we were hoping you would come. Well, I uh, I wanted to come when I heard what happened, but well, ma'am, I well, I've been thinking about what you told me a little while ago about Christian charity. I mean. And how people had given you money to help Frankie and the others. Oh, Joe, where have you been all night? I was worried sick about you. I I thought you were... Out getting drunk? Well, I think that's what I started to do last night. But then I got to thinking about how these people offered to help me. The more I thought about it, the more mixed up I got. Until the major's missus here put me straight a little while ago. I, um... I guess I didn't understand, ma'am. Guess I... I didn't want any help from you and the major because I... I'd have to admit I'm a failure. Oh, no, Joe, that's not true. Well, our money's almost gone. I can't find work. But you will. I know you will. You'll see. Well, it's never too late to begin. Tomorrow night we're holding Christmas services. Will you come? You'd be most welcome, Mr. Willis. And you too, Agnes. Oh, I'd like to come, Major Catherine. Would you take me, Joe? All right, Aggie. Uh, Thank you, Joe. Maybe the good Lord will show me the way out of our troubles. I think he has, Mr. Willis. I think he already has. Well, when the kettle was empty a second time, the Salvation Army lassie returned to the street corner once more. And in no time at all, men on their way to work were dropping coins in the kettle in answer to the lassie's plea to keep the pot boiling. It wasn't long before word got around that Christmas of 1894 about how a Salvation Army soup kettle had come to the help of the rescued seamen. And the Army began to receive many donations from people who wanted to help those less fortunate than themselves. So, since so many had opened their hearts as well as their pocketbooks, 
The Salvation Army repeated the process the following Christmas. But this time, not one, but thirty lassies up and down the West Coast sat by their kettles and asked the passers-by to keep the pot boiling. And two years after the first Christmas kettle was set up in the waterfront of San Francisco, the idea found its way to Boston, perhaps carried there by the grateful sailors who had shared the soup when their ship had crashed on the fog-shrouded rocks. So today, our Christmas kettles can be found wherever men of good faith share their hope and Christian charity with their fellow men. So ends the final act of The Kettle, starring Monty Margetts as Major Catherine. Be sure and listen in again next week for another Heartbeat Theater story. Heartbeat Theater is a presentation of the Salvation Army and is one of the programs selected to be heard by our men and women overseas through the worldwide facilities of the Armed Forces Radio Service. Until next week, this is your host, C.P. McGregor, saying thanks for listening and wishing you the merriest of Christmas seasons. The Salvation Army sponsored the Heartbeat Theater, which gives dramatic accounts of regular people helping others through illness, tragedy, heartbreak, and more. Each episode illustrates that with faith, optimism, and the help of Good Samaritans, any problem can be worked out. Many of the characters in the show either volunteer as Salvation Army officers or live in a Salvation Army-sponsored home. There are numerous examples of how the organization aids others in needs in every facet of life. The show quotes Bible verses and proclaims the power of prayer, but manages to come off as not too preachy. The radio production was not aimed at evangelizing for the Salvation Army, but rather at highlighting the Army's work in communities as well as its history. From Heartbeat Theater, listeners learn that the Salvation Army has its own missing persons division and the origin of the organization's ubiquitous red kettles. The program covered such serious topics as bigotry, alcoholism, murder, tornadoes, suicide, train wrecks, small-town gossip, public cynicism, loneliness, deadbeat husbands, cheating wives, and the familiar old-time radio standby of old women dying on toboggans. 
The show originated from Hollywood, and early episodes featured many actors who had appeared during the golden age of radio. However, rarely did Heartbeat Theater land the big stars. Instead, those who had been character actors in the golden age were likely to find themselves starring in the plays. Heartbeat Theater may be the very last old-time radio program. It aired in 1956, and the last episode signed off in 1985. In 1985, it was estimated that the production cost half of the Salvation Army's media budget. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next week.